Yes, thank you, Birgitte, for the kind introduction. Um, and I'm very pleased to speak here. I'm, I'm attending for the third time this seminar, and it's a great pleasure how, how this seminar has grown and how there are a lot of interesting presentations. It's also a great pleasure that I can now speak about, if you like, a single buyer model for renewables, when I've just made some critical remarks about a single buyer model uh, for gas. But I'll, I'll explain where the differences may lie. So, to go back to my slides. So, um, first of all, what are renewable auctions or what are support auctions for renewables? Well, in the first instance, it's a competitive bidding process where renewable suppliers bid in to receive either a payment for the renewable energy or they bid in to receive an additional payment on top of the revenues they make by directly retailing the renewable energy. So there are these two types of um, products and bidding for these products. And the auction works in the way that the lowest bidder gets cleared. So the lowest bidder is the party who's prepared to produce renewable energy by receiving the lowest level of a subsidy. It's important to note that this is a competitive process, but uh, in economic terms, it's known as a competition for the market. So the contracts last for 15 years, for 20 years. You compete for this market and then you sign a contract, and that part of the market is then foreclosed for the next 15 or 20 years, which is different to what we um, see in retail competition, for example, where every year we can shop around, we can uh, swap the supplier. So note these points as a start. So I'm going to look at three aspects. Um, first of all, why are we discussing auctions? Um, secondly, briefly on how these auctions can or should be designed, and then I'll speak briefly about some initial experiences. So first of all, why auctions? Well, first of all, auctions work if you operate in a certain environment. So you need certain preconditions for auctions to work, and we say that we find these preconditions in the renewable energy space. So first of all, you need to be able to define a standard product, which a number of parties bid for. Secondly, you need to make sure that there are multiple parties who can actually bid, because otherwise um, you end up with a monopolistic situation and no competition. And auctions are particularly used when there is an uncertainty about what the true cost of the product is that we're trying to buy. And we're using the auction process to actually establish in a competitive way what the right cost and price of the product is, as opposed to someone in a ministry sitting down estimating what the cost of photovoltaics or wind is, and then defining that as a feed-in tariff. So what are then the benefits of auctions? There are a number of benefits. First of all, they can be an effective means of supporting renewables, effective because um, some government agency can define how, how much volume of energy or what budget in terms of support it is willing to spend and it keeps control over that budget. It's also an efficient way 
of procuring renewables because you can create competition within a technology so you would <coughs> only clear those projects of wind energy for example which are prepared to offer the energy at the lowest price and it also allows you to create competition between technologies so I'll, I'll skip to the UK example uh, later on where we also have different technologies competing within uh, one pot or within one technology band and it's also a way of identifying which is the cheapest technology that we should be supporting and lastly um, auctions are or at least can be a transparent way of establishing who should be supported and who should not be supported so a number of economic justifications um, but there are also certain legal requirements and um, these have been clarified by the European Commission in the Energy State Aid Guidelines as published last year. In this slide I'm only presenting uh, a shorthand version and um, actually much of the guidelines in, in this area, uh, much of the space on the paper is actually taken up by the exemptions rather than by, by the basic logic of the regime, but I'll, I'll try and focus on the basic logic of the regime. So first of all, from the 1st of January 2016, any new capacities from renewables um, can or should no longer receive feed-in tariffs, but they would be obliged to look for their retail outlets for that energy. So they have to go to the market, they have to find their customers and sell the energy, and they will receive a market price for that. But on top of that, um, there can be a support mechanism. So there can be a second payment made to the renewables. So there can be a subsidy. But that subsidy is to be established through a competitive bidding process. So um, the guidelines speak of competitive bidding. It's what I call the auction. So um, there is a provision that there needs to be a clear, transparent, non-discriminatory selection between the projects. Uh, and interestingly, for example, uh, the guidelines clarify that there will be a presumption that the support will be proportional. Proportionality is one of the requirements uh, under state aid legislation, provided that there is competition among sep sep several technologies um, for these subsidies. Interestingly, there are also tra transitional arrangements. So for this year, 5% of the new capacity should be procured under this regime. So there's, if you like, a test phase. And from 2017, all capacities for wind in excess of 6 megawatts and for other technologies larger than 1 megawatt um, are obliged to be procured under uh, competitive bidding or auction procedures. As I say, there are various exemptions. Um, and there is some discretion uh, for member states to decide how the support is granted, whether it's investment support or whether it's operational support or, if you like, whether... Uh, the money is paid per megawatt or per kilowatt hour. So there are economic reasons for auctions. There are legal requirements for auctions, but there is also some criticism, and I've, I'll just look at some of the arguments here. First of all, there's a criticism of the effectiveness. Um, so some of the historical experience that I'll turn to in a minute is that not all the capacities that have been contracted under these auction regimes have actually been built because what the contract, the support contract is in the first instance for the investor, it's um, 
it's an option. It's an option contract. So once you have the contract, you have the option to build renewables. And if you do, and if you produce, you'll get the money. If you don't build, um, possibly nothing happens. So in that sense, it's, it's really an option. And there's no guarantee that the capacity will be built. So there are question marks around the effectiveness of the regime. And indeed, I would say that's probably the, the biggest challenge uh, to the competitive uh, bidding approach. Then there have been criticisms around cost efficiency. So one big argument is that, well, if we do this, we actually introduce competitive risks for the renewable producers. Um, and I'd say, yes, we do so. But we'll have risks in the system anyway. So if we pay out feed-in tariffs, we take risks away from the renewable producers, but we then place these risks on the consumers um, because the consumers have to pay irrespective of whether that renewable energy was, was actually needed, whether it was produced efficiently, and so on. So risks don't disappear from the system if we work with feed-in tariffs rather than with auctions. The risk is now allocated to um, the renewable investor, but possibly and from an economic perspective, that's a good thing uh, because it means that people will think carefully before they sink a lot of money because we all know that renewables are capital-intensive industries. There are also concerns around practicality. So renewable auctions can become quite complicated, and yes, indeed, but there's now a lot of experience internationally, not just from Europe, and so we believe this is manageable. And a, a last concern that's been expressed in some northern European countries is that if we move to this process, it will reduce the diversity of investors and bidders. So currently we have households building, uh, we have municipalities building renewables and so on. And the argument is that some of these players will disappear from the market. Um, and here we would say, well, yes, possibly, uh, but that may actually be, be an efficient thing. So if it's more efficient to be, build large projects, uh, then maybe that is what should happen here in the interest of delivering the renewables target in an efficient manner. So how to design auctions? Um, first of all, as an economist, um, what you do is you try to understand the challenges. The challenges are, are just the points that I've highlighted on the pre previous slide. Then you think about what design options, what design parameters you have, um, and then you evaluate these design parameters. So to run through this quite quickly, um, just to give uh, some highlights of what the de design parameters are, and I'm not going to speak through all the details. I just want to flag, really, that it's, it is quite complex, and there's quite a few things that need to be designed. So first of all, you need a pre-qualification process. Not everyone is allowed to bid, so people need, need to show some technical qualifications, for example, to be allowed to participate in the auction. Then you need to decide on the lead time, because um, when you hold the auction, the renewable project isn't going to be there on the next day. It might only be there in a year or two years or three years' time. So you need to decide on that. And then you need to define the project. So is it Renewables generally, is it a specific renewable technology? Are there limitations? Is the product capacity or is it energy? Um, what's the contract duration? Is it 15 years? Is it 20 years? Is it some shorter duration? And also what's quite important, is there some, some form of investment obligation or is there a penalty if you don't build? You have to decide about the demand side, so whether the demand in the auctions is somehow flexible depending on how high the prices go in the auction. Um, 
and um, you obviously need to decide about the type of the auction. So is it is it an open bid auction or is it is it a closed bid where parties hand in a closed envelope? Um, do you set minimum prices in the auction, maximum prices? Do you define the bid size and so on? So a lot of parameters to define. Um, in effect, there's a lot of experience um, with auctions. First of all, there's a lot of experience with infrastructure auctions in, in a number of industries. In financial markets, there's experience in telecoms, uh, spectrum auctions, for example, for um, uh, mobile frequencies and so on. Um, we obviously know auctions in the energy market as well. Um, we have auctions around emission uh, certificates. We have auctions uh, of virtual power plant capacity. But specifically with renewables, there, there's actually a, a lot of experience around the globe, um, especially from the Americas, from North America, from South America, um, but also from Asia and partly also from Europe. Um, I'm just drawing your attention to some, some of the experiences from the initial schemes. And again, I'm not going to talk about um, all the details. I just want to leave a few highlights. So, for example, if we look at the scheme which I've presented here in the centre. The, the UK scheme between 1990 and 1998 was um, the first such scheme in Europe and maybe around the world at the, at the time received a lot of attention. Um, why was it dropped? Uh, well, it was abandoned um, because it didn't prove to be um, very effective, as, as I said earlier. Only about a third of the projects which were contracted were actually completed. Um, now, part of the low completion rate was because the, the remaining planning environment at those stages wasn't quite there, so it was very difficult for people to get planning permission. A lot of things have changed in the meantime, so uh, I think we're, we're not much more open to renewable investments in Europe. Um, and so, as I'll explain in a minute, uh, the UK has given it another go and has, has started with, with a new round of auctions, uh, one of which um, was completed only two or three weeks ago. Um, Another experience, um, for example, from Denmark and also from France has been that if in some way you impose a lot of constraints in the auction, you limit who can participate and it will then also limit who bids and the auction can quickly become less competitive and you might actually arrive at relatively high prices. So in France, the issue was one of low lead times. In Denmark, the issue was that there were... Um, penalties imposed on people if they didn't build, and the threat of those penalties kept a lot of bidders away. Um, now, finally, just to report on some experiences from the newest auction uh, that was probably held in, in the EU, the, the UK auction. Uh, quite an interesting model here, because um, the, the product that was auctioned was a contract for differences. Um, so here the renewable generators are obliged to retail their energy and then they can get an additional payment and they get a contract which, pay, which pays them the difference um, between the electricity wholesale price and whatever is, is the price agreed in this contract for difference. And the combination of this retail revenue and this contract for difference is supposed to provide and guarantee a stable uh, revenue stream. There's also an, an option element in this contract because... Um, this, this contract, uh, the, this difference or margining, the, the, the payments um, 
of the difference to the wholesale price is only applied uh, for those volumes that you actually produce. So if you don't produce, you don't have to make a payment or you don't receive a payment. Payments are only made for volumes and for hours and days um, where you actually produce. There's uh, between a one and four years lead time in the auction. And um, there is um, uh, some differentiation of technologies, of established technologies and uh, less established technologies. But then within these two pots, all technologies with, within either of these pots, they, they compete uh, directly against each other. The contracts are for 15 years. So if we just look at some of the results, they are quite interesting. So I'll quickly explain uh, what you see in them. So you see three graphs here, um, one each for onshore wind, offshore wind, and solar. What you see is um, the red uh, color is uh, on the right-hand uh, axis, the volume that's being contracted. So for onshore wind, for example, for 2018, 2019, which is the right-hand bar, um, 700 megawatts, which are contracted, um, just to, to give you a, a, a flavor of, of the order of magnitude. What we also see in each of the graphs is this dark blue line. And this dark blue line indicates what the government would have been prepared to pay as a subsidy under a feed-in tariff regime. And the light blue bar indicates what the actual clearing prices were in the auction. So if we look at onshore wind, the government would have been prepared to pay something like 95 um, pence per kilowatt hour. The clearing price in the auction was actually at 80. So the clearing price was considerably below what the government would have otherwise been prepared to pay, if you like, as, as a feed-in tariff. Um, more striking are the results for photovoltaics, um, especially in, in the auction for delivery in 2015-2016. The price um, here was at around um, uh, 50, um, 50 um, uh, uh, per, um, per uh, megawatt hour, which is, is a very low um, value, as anyone can imagine. There may be uh, some questions around whether this um, was a result of... of um, what's known as um, the winner's curse, someone bidding too aggressively who's not actually able to deliver at this cost um, because those 50 would be less than half of what the government would have expected um, the cost of um, solar to be in the UK. So experience is that there's been a lot of participation in the auction and a, a very interesting conclusion is that the outturn prices were well below what the government expected. So to conclude, why do we use auctions? Well, first of all, there are good economic arguments because they can help deliver renewable penetration um, efficiently at low cost, but we also have a legal requirement. Um, there are significant challenges in designing the auction, and certainly if we look at the UK auction, the terms and conditions alone of the contract that was auctioned, they, they were uh, of around 500 pages, so any any bidder would have had to agree with those 500 pages of small print. Um, and there is initial experience. The experience certainly is that um, renewable auctions are a way of bringing down um, the cost of procuring renewable energy. So thanks for your attention and obviously very much looking forward to the discussion. Thank you very much.